Pump up the volume on your parenting with Parent Pump Radio. Tune into something different that makes a difference. At Parent Pump Radio, instead of a ripple, we choose to create a splash. Get energized, get inspired, and get informed with how to parent in the new millennium. With your host and parent coach super guide, Jacqueline T.D. Wynn. Hi, this is Jacqueline T.D. Wynn. Welcome to Parent Pump Radio. Our show is all about dynamic family leadership, financial freedom, and leaving a profound legacy for our children. So parents, are you working 8 to 6 p.m. or even longer and scared of a market crash, wondering how you're going to fund retirement, college fees, want to earn maybe stable, cash-flowing, appreciating income, well, then you're going to want to learn about our real estate investing program where you can earn an extra 10000 plus a month in 10 years or less. So we teach parents how to create a safe, personalized real estate portfolio, generate $10,000 plus a month, one house at a time, and then also involve your children in creating wealth. Now, of course, you can invest alone, but when you get the family involved, what you do is you empower your kids to become financially literate and able to manage their own lives. So when you have a family business, you and your kids always have something to talk about. Wealth building brings families together, kids, teens, and parents. We find, acquire, renovate, and manage so you can build knowledge and wealth as little as two hours a month. Schedule your Is Real Estate Right for Me educational call today. You can go to my website at integrativeminds.com and there you can schedule a time on my calendar so we can talk. Okay, our show is available on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, YouTube, and syndicated on RethinkRadio.org, OneIdeaAway.com, and Armed Radio. Our guest today is the founder and CEO of Quantum Leaders. He is a leading voice in bringing about a transformation of the core paradigm of business. He's a 15-year veteran of Hewlett-Packard, has led companies large and small in been a public company director and has over 30 years consulting and mentoring leaders in a wide range of industries. He is the author of the book called Living Organization, an application of the core principles of how the world works on to how an organization, including families and individuals, can create extraordinary impact. Ladies and gentlemen, I'd like to introduce you to Norman Wolf. Hi, Norman. Hi, Jacqueline. Nice to be here. Thank you for inviting me on your show. Oh, thank you for being a show. We're going to bring the show online since we, you and I talked a lot before the show started. Yes, yes. We have so much commonality. We have so much to talk about, Norman and I, that this show is going to be about 25 minutes, but we're going to do a quick after show for people who are interested in more of what we're talking about. And you'll find that on our YouTube's channel, Parent Pump Radio, if you want to get more into what we're going to talk about today. So tell me what got you fascinated about organization and looking at it as a living, breathing organism. It's actually started uh, along my journey, both on a personal front and my, my business career. Uh, we all want to create the outcomes we want to create, whether it's building a family real estate business or running uh, Amazon or Google, it doesn't matter. We, we all want to have the outcomes we, we desire. But statistics say that 70% of our outcomes, uh, our attempts, our initiatives to create those outcomes, 70% of them fail. And this 
number has since has been that high since it's been tracked by academics and consultants, uh, consulting organizations over the last four or five decades. So I got really curious, why is that so? Now on a personal level, you know, why am I sometimes creating what I want quite easily and other times why it's so difficult to get what I want. And, and so that's what started me on this journey. Being that my focus is primarily business, I wrote the book for CEOs. But if you really think about it, and if as we go through it, you'll understand a lot of what I've discovered is what applies for individuals, what applies to families, yeah. what applies to any group of people, applies to organizations. Yeah. In fact, most of my theories come out of my personal experiences and my own family relationships, yeah. what's worked and what hasn't. You say in your bio that your work is focused on improving organizations. Most of my audience is family. Right. Uh, one of the things that you and I talked about is my first book was about family leadership and right. how the parents can look at themselves as a CEO and give us what your thoughts on that is. Well, I think you hit it on the, on the head there, Jacqueline. We look at organizations as if they're this big machine-like thing that operates. But when I began to look at organizations as a living being, as a collective uh, of people, I began to realize there were a lot of parallels to my own experiences in my family. And what's a family? A family is a collective group of human beings right. who come together and hopefully have a common purpose. Right? Usually that purpose is set by the parents, right? Yeah, in the beginning. In, in, in the beginning. <laughs> That's exactly right. In the beginning. And so what I began to realize is the very same patterns that apply to families apply to organizations, but it goes the other way around. So we bring, we can bring what we've learned about working with organizations to families. Now, there are some things that organizations do uh, that won't work in families. For instance, you don't go to your spouse and say, here's your four objectives. I want them fulfilled. <laughs> I know if I did that with... If I did that, it just wouldn't work. Right? At least not in, in that exact way. That's of right. That and that's what I realized with organizations, that it doesn't work in organizations either because people go, okay, that's nice. That's what you want, but yeah. I want. And so in families, what we learn is there's a way of negotiating, of, of, of aligning on a purpose based from something deeper than just achieving goals, right? We take into account what the individuals want for their lives and how yep. we can merge those two things together. But that's what I'm applying to organizations, but you see, I actually learned it from family dynamics. It starts in the family. It starts in the family. I, I've often said that organizations are actually like families, because if you think about it, a lot of the dynamics, the employees look at the leaders like parents yep and and so they act in a parent-child relationship and and that might sound awful but it can be if if it's abused right but it right. can be very health healthy if the ceos take on the the um orientation of developing right 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 great parents try to develop and just yeah. what i heard you say in your opening when you say boy if you have everybody aligned with this family business then you have an opportunity for everybody to develop together a lot yeah. towards a common outcome. Yeah. So yeah. there's a lot, of, uh, there's just so many parallels and I'm touching yeah. on them throughout. You have something called the three key forces. So yes. explain what that is and how that can help 
any collective consciousness. Yes. Typically, when we think about accomplishing something, it's it's in the uh, kind of the collective way of thinking of a society is we mostly focus on what we're going to do. You know, we want to accomplish some outcome. We want to buy houses. We think about what we're going to do. We're going to, uh, the, you know, the five steps to uh, finding the greatest property investment, right? Um, or whatever it is, if I want to uh, sell these products, if uh, my, my daughter and son-in-law are into Amway, that's their chosen family wealth creation model. And they have their models. So activity is one element of it. Usually, though, when we think about planning, we stop there. We stop at that element of activity. There's two other elements uh, that are involved. The second one is the relationship element. Mm -hmm. right? We're not doing this alone. And relationship ha has a lot to do with um, communications. Relationship is about an exchange of energy. Yep. Right? Yep. And so uh, there's the activity energy. That's what we do. That's important. Relationship energy also plays a really critical role in it, getting, getting people to feel good, feel supported, feel heard, feel acknowledged, feel appreciated. Uh, if they don't feel that, the activity kind of backs away and stops, yeah, right? Yeah. Uh, so relationship, that's the second key. The third key, what I call context. This can be looked at as belief systems. Um, it can even be the habits we have, the trigger mechanisms we have. We have a way of developing uh, a sort of a way of viewing the world. There's a, there's a lovely statement, very simple, that goes, if you think you can, you're right. Right. And if yeah. you think you can't, you're, you're right. right. <laughs> yeah. Right. So, and, and that also brings in the, the pain that we carry from Absolutely. whatever that is, childhood or even past lives. Absolutely. It, 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 it's the whole set of, uh, a collective set of experience woven into a tapestry, if you will, mm -hmm. that defines how we live our life. Yep. What we think is possible, what we think is not possible, where we get defensive and where we get uh, confident. All of that is tied up in the what I call the context of our life. Yep. If we only pay attention to activity, we are only marginally successful. And the keys to success are often in the relationship in the context field. As, and so, especially in the intimate relationship, right? Oh, especially. That's where... You, you you can get the most fulfillment and the biggest triggers. Well, you know, I'll, I'll give you a little history of my background. So I was I was married and divorced three times before I married my current wife, which thankfully is now going on nineteen years. So we, you, we you found, did it right. I, I, I figured, Finally, I figured, figured it out. I figured something out at, along the way. What I used to think, you know, growing up, I had this image of. Um, you, you found your, your spouse, you got married, and you lived happily ever after. Right? And I call it the myth of happily ever after. Mm -hmm. What I learned is that the true nature of relationship is to create intimacy. To create intimacy is to go beyond the blockages of vulnerability. Because right? to be intimate, you have to be vulnerable. Yeah. And, and so rather than living happily after ever after, you know, when I, one of the reasons I was divorced is I get married. I had this beautiful image of a wonderful life. And then we had these problems. Yeah. 
and darn, I figured, those oh. darn Disney movies. And so I figured <laughs> I must have picked the wrong woman. So we got divorced and I tried again. Must have picked the wrong the woman. Then I realized, no, the nature of relationships is to actually engage those difficult moments. Because that's what allows me to challenge my context, to question my context, my beliefs that keep me from being vulnerable. That takes a lot of humility. A lot of people humility. in their 20s and 30s, when you get married that young, we don't have yet. That's right. And, and, and that's, that's what relationships really teach us. So you're 100% right. Uh, relationships is the place where we can learn to expand our context. And if we do that consciously, if we, and if we do it around a, a goal like building wealth for our family, and we collectively try to do that, and we know that it's going to bring up all these issues of trust or yeah. challenge or appreciation or not appreciation, all those things that, that we've developed over the years. It, it really has a way of sparking not only wonderful close relationships and families, but uh, phenomenal success. Yeah. I, do it, I do it with my daughter. She's 28 years old, and there are times when you, know, you can just start to sense that tension, and I say, okay, What's going on? <laughs> Obviously, there's some pattern from our past that we've created that we've got to recreate yeah. for today. When you were five years old, that was probably a good pattern to have. Now that you're 28, yeah, probably doesn't work so much. Yeah. Right? So we yeah. have to change those context patterns. Yeah. Context. It seems to be a really big key component to success. Yeah. How can we change context? Because anything can be manipulated. First and foremost, we have to become conscious that it exists, yes. right? And then the second piece is we have to believe that it can be changed. I mean, if we, That's okay, true. I have these patterns, they develop from my childhood, I'm always going to be this way. I recognize I have a context, so that's step one, but now I believe that I'm stuck, can't change it. The second step has to be, I can change it. The third step requires what I call um, moving from head to heart. Um, my favorite. Yeah. <laughs> well, well here, here's why. And, and um, the head, we often call it the ego, yeah. constructs the, the pattern for the purpose of safety and success. So we create our, call them habits or context or, or beliefs, whatever you want to call them. We create the context out of our understanding as we have different experiences of what will make us successful. And success could be uh, recognition, success could be safety, success would be however you define it. Now the head sort of owns that decision. And it says, this is the way life works. This is how I am successful. This is how I'm safe. And it's hard to let go of it. When you move to the heart, you can see that it's just one of many options. Yeah, yeah. You know? And you can see why it was created in the first place, and you can make a choice. See, the head can't make the choice because it's, it's sort of like, I own it, I created it, it's yeah. mine, it's right, you can't prove me wrong. Right? Right, right. But the heart can go, eh, it's okay. <laughs> we, you know, it was great when we were five years old, it was great when we were 15 years old, but it's eh, not so good right now. You know, I really want to be in this close relationship with this person I love. I can, you know, and, and that's what you said earlier, you know, Jacqueline, when you said it takes a lot of humility. Well, that's what it does when you go from the head to the heart. Absolutely. You create this, you know, the sense of humility. This, yeah, yeah. And ownership, um, right? When you, and ownership. When you, 
when yeah. you come from that humility, it's like, oh, well, maybe I did something wrong, or what do I have to learn from here? Yep, yep. So you kind of you create an opening, yep. and once that opening happens, now you can begin to play with this energy. And if you recognize it as energy, like a pattern, like a cloud that has formed, and it can begin to dissipate. Yeah, yeah. So, you, so it, it doesn't go away just from the yeah. first understanding yeah. because you can't, you can't destroy energy. We know that. That's right. So all you can do is move it. <laughs> you can from, right. Yeah. You can dissolve it, which takes some time, and then you can rebuild another one. Some of the things we teach individuals and especially leaders is how to dissolve that energy through various states of, uh, you can call it mindfulness or meditation. And you can actually go inside and visualize using active imagination and visualizations too. Yeah, you gave us, you gave me a really good exercise. Offline. Did. Yes. Yeah. Can you go through that again? I think the listeners want us to hear this. I'd love to do that. Okay. Um, so pick a challenge you have. Listeners, close your eyes and begin to think of your most challenging problem, the issue that's got you, you know, maybe staying up at night, and begin to feel into that issue. Feel how the pros and cons, all the ways your your mind is is thinking about how to solve it and this won't work and that won't work and, and just allow yourself to really experience that. Feel the 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 conflict and the stress around it and the and the difficulty of trying to solve it. And now f notice your body, how, how it feels, how it's, I usually get people telling me it feels heavy and tight and tense and maybe even hard to breathe at times. Now just take that, take that issue and just put it on a shelf up nearby. We'll come back to it in a second. But for right now, I want you to take a nice clean breath and Allow your body to just relax. Let go of all that tension and stress. Take another breath and let it out. Feel the tension and stress resolve. Bring your awareness now to the center of your being, your heart. And think about anything that brings you that feeling of love, of acceptance, of peace, and allow yourself to feel that energy, that feeling of being loved and of allowing yourself to love. Feel the warmth, feel the joy. And let that radiate throughout your whole body. And the heart radiates outwards through your limbs, your arms, your legs, your abdomen, neck, just radiating, filling you, filling you so much that it begins to expand outside of you and you find yourself swimming in a bubble of pure love, unconditional, unconditioned, pure love. Now bring that challenge, that issue you were dealing with in front of you into this bubble and hold it in front of your heart. Don't try to solve it. 
Just be in relationship with it. Listen to it. What does it want you to know? What does it want you to learn? Does it want you to discover about yourself? Now go ahead and put that back on the shelf. Thank it for its, its message, its gift. Put it back on the shelf. And bring your awareness back into your body. Feel your body in the seat or the car, wherever you're listening. And bring your awareness back into this radio show, into the conversation. Open your eyes whenever you're ready. And then make the decision from that place. Make a decision from that place. Conflict becomes a friend, a gift. Yeah. It's a way, conflict comes into our life simply as a way of expanding our limited beliefs, yeah. our boundaries yeah. that yeah. have made us safe. I don't want to make them wrong by any means. They make us safe, and so they have to be honored. Yeah, yeah. And at the same time, they, they limit us for the next phase of our growth. Right. And so the conflict comes in for that very reason. You mentioned conflict because I study gene keys. And yes. one of the things about gene key we talk about is that what you learn from conflict is diplomacy. And then through diplomacy, we learn peace. So we can't understand peace or feel peace unless we go through the whole cycle. Right. So right. conflict is actually a gift, too, it in is. itself. You need to go through it, just like you said, instead of trying to go around it, you can't, because you can't get to peace until you go through conflict. That's right. In, 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 uh, in our work, my wife and I work together, and uh, she actually wrote a book also. She comes from the world of improvisation, and she wrote a book called Improv Your Relationships. And we talk about um, this notion that each of us are constellations of our own world. We create our own reality through these experiences we have in the belief systems or the tapestry of context. So you think of it as two different worlds. And when these two worlds come together, they collide often, right? So we, yeah. we call it when two worlds collide. And it's just, if you think about it, when the two worlds collide, and they begin to go through this very process that we walk through where we can open up the heart and see it as a gift, then my boundary conditions expand. Now I, my capacity for love, for creation is much yep. bigger. Yep. And that's really, that's why I said the purpose of relationships is not to live happily ever after, but to have two worlds colliding. So I become bigger. Yeah, so I, yeah. I have a larger consciousness. I have more resources to draw on than I had if I stayed in my limited safe yeah. world. As humans, we interact with each other. We learn, we grow, and especially in the intimate relationship, yes. that's where we get the most reward yep. and we get the most learning. And from there, we pass on to our children. And then you and I see this in the business world. These children will grow up and become a leader or leader. or whatever they are in the business world. And when they don't get it in the home, we get those bosses that are screaming through yep. the hallways, yep. causing conundrum through their yep. their office space. But when we get 
great leaders, it's it came from the family. It came from the parents modeling great behaviors. Yep. Yeah. Or they could learn it later on, too. We never stopped learning, but you're right. right. The foundation is set in the family, uh, initial family constellation. Right. I, I also want to point out that in families, in, in setting the right tone, having a, a combined family goal and building wealth is a wonderful goal to have. Yeah. Um, it's we often come across our shortcomings or our limitations, limiting beliefs, if you want to say it that way. We don't come across them by being in, say, uh, uh, sitting in the living room watching TV. Yeah, while they're in the bedroom watching <laughs> yeah, whatever they're right. doing. Right. We, we, we come across it by putting our intention on creating something. So it's in the process of trying to achieve an outcome that the opportunities for development show up. Yes. And and so again, just like relationships is an opportunity to increase intimacy, setting a goal like creating family wealth through your program or other programs, setting a goal as a family to create wealth will challenge each member of the family. And if you look at those conflicting or difficult times as the gifts they are, yeah. then we then we grow and expand. And so we overcome the limitations and therefore create the outcomes we want. Absolutely. Absolutely. Happens in families, happens in businesses, it's all the same. So tell us how people can get a hold of you. Well, pretty easy. Uh, my website, uh, www.quantumleaders, that's leaders with an S, dot com is my basic website. My email address is nwolf, Norman Wolf, Wolf with an E, so it's N-W-O-L-F-E at quantumleaders.com. They're more than welcome to email me. I am also offering a free gift for okay. your for your podcast members. Okay. I made available the first three chapters of my book. Awesome. So they can get that from going to quantumleaders.com forward slash podcast. We'll also have the link in the show notes. It's great. Quantumleaders.com forward slash podcast and then forward slash again. Right. And then we'll also have Norman's Amazon link for his book in the, in the show That'd notes also. We are going to continue this offline because I want to talk about how this all helps relationship, what challenges that we can use and learn from and how you have some model techniques that you can show us too. Yep, yep. So listeners, thank you so much for listening and go to our after show, which is the next video and have a great week. Keep on learning and always growing. Thank you so much for joining us today. Go to parentpumpradio.com and click on the pink box on the top of our homepage to listen to our new and archived shows. To be instantly notified of new episodes, subscribe to our RSS feed. The RSS feed button is located at the top of the page where all our shows are featured. And after listening to the show, go to parentpumpradio.com or our Facebook page to leave your comments, questions, and topic suggestions. And Until next time, have a wonderful week.